As we, as we uh, have been preparing for our Christmas series, we started it like this. What is Christmas? When Christmas came, when Jesus came, what did he accomplish? And we spent quite a bit of time talking about this, and, and it's kind of the norm. Some of them are the, you think of easily, some you do not. Like when he came, he fulfilled every prophecy about his birth in the Old Testament. He laid down a visual blueprint for 33 and a half years on how we should live. Uh, he provided the last sacrifice that would ever be needed. Uh, he came and he identified with humanity and sorrow and, and sickness and weakness and weariness, brokenness, betrayal. He fulfilled all of the law. He defeated Satan. Can I get a witness? And uh, he ushered in the Holy Spirit. Well, that ought to put a little chill down your backbone today to know that the Holy Spirit came for us. But the one that we, it took the longest for my pastors to come up with, because I kept pressing them, was this. That he came to empty himself. A couple of weeks ago, we looked at a sermon out of the book of Philippians with gratitude. And it talked about, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who for the joy you know, that even though he was in the likeness of God, he didn't count it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, took on the form of a servant in Philippians, and he came and he emptied himself. What does it mean to empty yourself? What is the difference? We debated this for quite a, a while amongst the preachers about the difference between emptying oneself and restricting oneself. Now think about this. It takes nine months for a lady from conception to birth. Do you know there's a whole lot happening in those nine months? Not only is God, according to his scripture, what he says, it says he's literally knitting together, and that's the word it uses in the Hebrew to mean he like a, like a person would knit together a, a little a garment or something, that God is knitting together and weaving together a body inside a lady's body for nine months now not only is God doing that and creating life with inside a body and creating a, 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 a living person inside of a lady but he's also doing something else he's preparing that lady and all you women know what I'm talking about for nine months your body goes through a preparation phase getting ready to give birth to that life inside of you you know, it seems like when we go and we talk about Christmas, we just jump all in and we just think, bam, it was just like that. For nine months, Mary carried Jesus. For nine months, he was preparing to come and be Emmanuel, God with us. Now, you just talk about something. We don't have to get in a lot of detail, but you go from being equal with God is what the Bible says he didn't count it robbery to be equal with God but made himself of no reputation to now being in the womb of one man you ever thought about that it's God was preparing to come to where we are in Hebrews 1, it talks about this, that God, and Pastor Ralph touched on it last week, God in various times and various ways spoke to us in different ways through signs and prophets and wonders, but in these last days has chosen to speak to us through his son, Jesus. I love what it says. Matter of fact, I could preach Hebrews 1 over and over and over and over again, but it says this about Jesus in Hebrews. It says, 
in, in verse 3, and he is the radiance of the glory. He is the exact expression of God's nature. And he sustains all things by his powerful word. And after making the purification for our sins, he sat down at the right hand of God on high. So he became a higher in rank than the angels, just as the name he had inherited is superior than theirs. Now, I need you to stay with me pretty close today. Or I don't want to turn quick and lose you. Because this is probably not your normal Christmas story. Because you see, Christmas was about this. It was not just about Jesus coming to manifest what God was like. If you had, where, Like he said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. But he came to show us what man ought to be. He came to lay down a visual blueprint. Jesus did not insist on his rights as God, it says in Philippians. He made himself of no reputation and took on the form of a servant. He didn't insist on his rights, but he laid down his rights. He did not come to behave as God, but he came to show how God would act through man, to show man as God intended man to be. Now, here's what I want to talk to you about. He who created the angels and was superior than the angels, the Bible teaches in Hebrews, and we'll look at it in just a minute, in Hebrews chapter 4, was made lower than the angels. Now, just let that settle in for a moment. In order for Jesus to come and be with us and dwell with us, he had to be made lower than the angels. Well, it says right here. Matter of fact, let me read it for you. As we look at this, it talks about in, in chapter 2 and verse 17 of Hebrews, it says that Jesus took on human flesh and did not reject the many implications that came with this new form. And Jesus got hungry and he was tired and he needed to eat and he needed to rest. And later in 4 and 15, it talks about that he experienced temptation. He could relate to temptation just as we are. But it talks about how he was made lower than the angels. And look, look at what it says in verse 5 of chapter 1. For to which of the angels did he ever say, You are my son, and today I have begotten you. Your father, or again, I will be a father to you, and he will be a son to me. And, and when he brings his firstborn into the world, he says, And all God's angels must worship him. And about the angels, he says, he makes his angels the winds and his servants like fiery flames. And then the Bible teaches us, it says, and, and to which of the angels did he ever say, I have begotten you? He who was greater than the angels was made lower than the angels. Now, I love Hebrews. I remember one of the best, it was one of my favorite books that I've ever preached through, verse by verse. And, uh, man, I loved it. I preached through every verse, every verse in order through Hebrews. I love it. I love it. And I love Hebrews because it talks about the superiority of Christ. If you look at the first couple of chapters, it teaches us that he was superior over the angels. It says he was superior over Moses. He was superior over Joshua. He was superior over Aaron. But in the middle of all this superior business, the Bible says he who was superior was made lower than the angels. 
Now I want to give you three reasons today that Jesus was made lower than the angels. Three reasons. That the Son of God, the one who was greater than, had to be made less than the angels. This probably messes with some of our Christmas theology. But we have this picture of there being this holy choir of angels celebrating a Christmas cantata that Jesus was to be born. Correct? I, but the more I've studied for this, this series, I don't know that that's how it was. Basically, there was a, a large host of, of heavenly beings saying, Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace, goodwill towards men. For unto you is born this day in the city of Bethlehem, a Savior, which is Christ our Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you that you shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a man. They vanished. Somehow off of that one thing, we get this picture that it was a one-hour concert of the angels singing in heaven. But I don't know how glorious it really was. And, and you, you, can, you, you can please disagree with me right here. I have a right to be wrong with what you think. I, but do you realize the one who created the angels was now being made lower than the angels? The one that the angels worshipped is now being made lower than and putting on the appearance of man? Now the one that created them finds himself in need of the angels strengthening him? The Bible says after he had fasted for 40 days that the angels appeared strengthening him. The angels appeared strengthening him. The one who created the angels was made lower than for a brief moment, the Bible says. Why? Because of you. Because of me. Jesus was doing a work. And I want you to understand the thing that he was doing is this. It was for the process of identification. It was for the process of identification so that he could be like me. So that he could be like us. Look at what the Bible says here in Hebrews 2 and 17. In the incarnation, Jesus was made like his brothers in every respect. Jesus took on human flesh. And he didn't resist any of the implications. As I said earlier, he became tired, he became weary, he became hungry, he became, he, he became overwhelmed, he, he cried. He began to be overwhelmed with emotion when, when Lazarus died. The Bible says he wept. Everybody can remember that, memorize that scripture. Jesus wept. You know the Bible. He became angry, yet he didn't sin. When they turned the temple in, to a den of thieves and was selling things and, and, and having this big system taking place there in the temple. He became overwhelmed. He became despair. He, be, he, he became, he, he knew what it was like to be betrayed. He knew what it was like to be a, a abandoned. He knew what it was like to be stricken. He knew what it was like to be smitten. He knew what it was like to be afflicted. He knew what it was like to be tempted in every point yet like us but without sin. Is anybody out there? 
Christmas morning was about God being able to identify with humanity. When we look at this, the Bible teaches us this. In every respect, he was tempted as we are yet without sin. Look at what it says in Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 15. And Jesus experienced temptation. Which means that he can relate to our sin. He can relate to our sin where we are. And what's happening in our life. And this is what the Bible is teaching us over and over and over again. My brothers and sisters in Christ, the Bible teaches us in Hebrews 2 and 17 through 18. It says, and Jesus had to be made like his brothers in every respect. So that he might become a merciful, high, faithful high priest in service to God. To make the propitiation, the payment for our sins. For us. For because he himself suffered when he was tempted, and he is able, get this right here. If you get this right here, you can go home happy. For he is able to help those who are being tempted. I could just, we could just go home now. The preacher in me is not going to let you, but. I mean, right there. I mean, he is able. Why is he able? Because he put on the robe of flesh and he came and he dwelt among us and he came to identify with us. But not only did he come to identify with us, but the identification process, we read it right here, that he came to be the propitiation for our sins. What does that mean? The payment. He came to pay a debt he did not owe because you owed a debt that I and you could not pay. You see, my friends, the Bible teaches us here in Hebrews 2 and 8 through 9. It says, but we see him for a little while. Look at that in verse 8. Hebrews 2 and 8. But for a little while was made lower than the angels. Namely, Jesus was crowned with glory and honor because of suffering of the death. So that by the grace of God, he might taste death for everyone. Now, see, here's why I'm glad you stuck around. Because this is something else good to take home with you. That for a little while, he who created the angels was made lower than. I, I, I mean, don't get upset with me. I, this is God's plan. It's not my book. He wrote this book. It says, but for a little while, he was made lower than. You say, well, that doesn't fit into my view of God. Well, I can't help it if it doesn't fit into my view or your view is what God said. But for a little while was made lower than the angels. Why? That he might be crowned with glory and honor because, because, because of his sufferings. The suffering that he was going to go through. Read Psalms chapter 22. The one right before the Psalms you know in 23. It talks about all the suffering that he would go through. Read Isaiah chapter 53 like we did a couple of weeks ago in worship. Read that passage of scripture. All of the suffering that he had to go through. All of the pain. All of the embarrassment. All of the separation that he went through was his crown of glory. So that he might redeem those of us who all of our lifetime have been under a curse. Wow. Look at what this verse says right here. 
It says, it's, a, it's an overwhelming verse when you look at it. And you begin to think about what he is saying to us. And how he is wanting to, to move in our hearts and our lives. And he's wanting to set us free. You see, he came to be the payment that he might taste death for everyone. Everyone, every man, every boy, every girl that he came to give life and give it more abundantly Jesus did not come into the world to condemn the world but yet that through him the world might be saved and this is the condemnation and men love the darkness more than light and they rejected the light because their works were dark Jesus was made lower than the angels so that he could die for us tasting death Jesus was not kept from the harshest of sufferings. He experienced death itself. That through death. Look at this. I take this scripture home with you. Look at what it says in chapter 2, 14 and 15. That through the death of Jesus, he might destroy the one who has the power. Oh my God. I, this is good stuff. That he through death might destroy the one who has the power, and that is the devil, and the deliverer of all those who through fear of death were subject to a lifetime sentence of slavery. We were under a, a death sentence. We were living under bondage. But through the death of Jesus, he destroyed the work of the devil. Merry Christmas to you. Can I get a witness in the house of God today? I mean, this is what it's about. He had to be made lower than so that he might identify with humanity, that he might pay the price of humanity. Now, understand something, that he didn't surrender his deity. He was not just man, and he was not just God. He was a God-man who came in the flesh. He wasn't 50% God. He wasn't 50% man. He was a God-man. Who came and identified and prepared himself was made lower than for a little while the angels so that he might obtain a more excellent sacrifice than they. A more excellent name than they. Well, the last reason that Jesus was made lower than the angels was not just to identify with us and not just to pay our sins and be the propitiation for our sins, but it was for, for sanctification. So that he could be made perfect through suffering. The word sanctified in the original language means to be set aside for your intended purpose. When I was younger, people that did dumb things ended up in crazy places. Now it seems like people that do dumb stuff and wear strange things end up being exalted above over and over and over. For instance, today I, I stand before you with a sanctified watch. My watch is sanctified. It is currently set aside for the purpose that it was created for. To wear on my wrist. My shoes are sanctified. They're fulfilling the purpose that they were created for. Now, we might draw bigger crowds if I had unsanctified shoes and wore them on my hand and wore a watch around my head. That would probably get a few more folks in. But 
It's not set aside for the intended purpose. They weren't set aside to be mittens. They were set aside to be shoes. Now understand the sanctification was fulfilled and it was made perfect through suffering. I'm not making this stuff up. Look at what it says in Hebrews 2 and 10. It says, for it was fitting. That word in the Greek, if you look it up, means to be tailor-made. My first suit, I know you won't believe this, but first suit when I started pastoring. They had to take my pants up four sizes. I wore a 40 long in my jacket. Therefore, my pants came with a 34 waist, and they had to take that suit up four sizes. I was in a 29 to 30. They had to tailor make that suit. It was a pinstripe suit. As a matter of fact, when I went and picked it up from the tailor, the stripes went like this. And I looked at them and I said, man, what, what, what have you done to my suit? It looked dumb. I said, I'm not wearing this. They said, sir, we had to take it up so much. Your stripes went from being like this to being like that. So we had to get another tailor and go through the whole process. And the tailor make that suit to fit me. Because what, I, what it came with did not fit me. And that word in the Greek right here means that it was tailor made. It was fitting. It was tailor made. I, I, look, look at this scripture. To make the captain of our salvation perfect through suffering. You see that in verse 10? I, I look, look right here. For in bringing many sons to glory, it was tailor-made. It was entirely appropriate. It was designed by God that all things exist in him and through him should be made perfect. It's a perfect source of salvation for the one who sanctifies and the one who are sanctified are all one in Christ. And that is why Jesus is not ashamed to call us brothers, to call us sisters in Christ, saying, I will proclaim your name to my brothers and I will sing in him to you and all the congregation to make the captain of our salvation perfect in suffering. The suffering that Jesus experienced in his death fulfilled and completed the work that he came to do. He was born to die. It was not a plan B. The Bible says in Revelation, Behold, John saw the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world. The process of his innocence and his death and the eventual resurrection was the final stage in a perfect life. He became human. He experienced the limitations of the human body. He was tempted. He suffered. He was ultimately died. And the works toward his glory and perfect. And what does that mean for you and I? How do I take that home? You say, preacher, what does it mean that he was made lower than the angels? What does it mean that he identified with me? What does it mean that he provided the propitiation for my sins? What does it mean that he became the sanctification for me? What does it mean that he was made perfect through suffering? How does that apply to me? How does that help me tomorrow? Well, you see, when he was made lower than the angels, he identified with us so that through his glory, we read that verse, that we might be made one with him. The one who sanctifies 
and the one who is being sanctified are all one. It's kind of like that passage of scripture in John where it says, uh, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I am in him, and he is in me, and you are in me, and I am in you. Boy, there's a conglomeration of some... What does that mean? Well, I'll tell you what it means. If the captain of our salvation was made perfect through suffering, then maybe the suffering that you're walking through at this current time that you despise so much may be the very thing that God is using for the perfection of his saints. Now, now, that's not the message you hear on TV very much today. But I'm telling you what the book says, what God says. That the writer of Hebrews was moved on by the Holy Spirit to write to us that it was fitting, that it was tailor-made to make the captain of our salvation perfect through suffering, that he who become the sanctifier could be the one who is sanctified. What does it mean? God is just, man is unjust, and Jesus became the justifier that bridged the gap. That's what it says in the book of Romans. That's what it says in Romans. Maybe the thing that we are struggling with the most, the thing keeping us up at night, walking the floors, wringing our hands, seeking counsel, seeking medicine for, Seeking advice for. Maybe that thing that we're struggling with the most is the very thing that God is using to work the perfecting of the saints. To make it fitting for you to be sanctified and let all stuff fall off of you. I told my friend this week that I mentioned earlier in the worship service. I said, don't go back where you left off. Because God's got something far greater. We were talking about setting his office back up and setting his books back back up and going back and looking at stuff that he had preached and all of that and I said uh, man God's got greater things the pain that we've been through the suffering that we've been through is the very thing that is moving us to the next part of celebration But when you get on the shouting side of it, there's nothing in the world that you'll take for it. For nine months, God is knitting together in a mother's womb that little baby. For nine months, he is preparing her to bring forth life. And I am telling you, back in the day, they used to not let men go in where they delivered the babies. Did you know that? Well, now that men can go in, I know why they didn't let men go in. 
all the pain that they had to go through to deliver that baby. But when they take that little baby and they wrap it in a little blanket and lay it in that mother's arms, oh, there's nothing in the world that would take away that feeling. I'm telling you today that what God is doing in your life may seem so painful. But he is trying to bring about the perfecting of the saints. There is no temptation that is so great that he hasn't made a way for you to escape it. But he has, was tempted in all points yet as we are. So that he might identify with us. See, by God putting on flesh and coming and dwelling with us, he experienced things that the angels could not experience. Had it been sufficient for an angel to die for us, don't you think he would have sent an angel instead of his only begotten son? But God said that he by himself purged our sins sat down at the right hand of God. Man, as you get ready this week and you're going home and you're listening to your Christmas music and you're trimming the tree and you're hanging lights on your houses and all that good stuff and you're fighting the crowds and looking for the perfect gift and and all of that and you're staying up late and surfing the internet and saying, what can I find the person that has everything? You're going through all of that. In preparation, think about Everything that had to happen before he ever made it to the manger. Christmas didn't, this thing didn't start in the manger, folks. For nine months, he who was greater than had been made lower than, less than. Placed in the womb of a woman, came forth as a baby. Grew up to be a little boy to become a man who lived a perfect life, died the death of a criminal so that you and I might have life through the power of his resurrection. Yeah. Wow. Wow. My mind has just been bogged down. I understand it's not the sharpest in the world. But I have been thinking about everything that had to take place. For Jesus to be born in that manger. And I can tell you it was everything but glorious. So if the Son of Man had been made lower than the angels, I wonder what were they really celebrating? How was their exaltation when they appeared to those shepherds in the sky? And said, glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace goodwill towards me. He who was greater than has been made less than so that he might identify. With me. When you're discouraged and you're overwhelmed and you don't know what to do, think about that scripture. He who was greater than was made less than. He emptied himself. That word emptied in the Greek translates like turning a bucket over and just spilling it all out. 
He turned it upside down and emptied it. Because he was bored. Because he was tired of living in the intimacy of the heavens with God. I mean, what? No, 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 no. He emptied himself. Was made lower than for a brief moment. So that he might obtain a more excellent name than they. And that he might bring those of us who all of our lifetime was subject to fear, subject to bondage, and was under a life sentence of tyranny, of sin, to set us free. Now we may no longer be a dead man walking, but we may have life and have it more Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Don't leave here with the greatest gift. Left. Unclaimed. That's Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Don't you leave here as a child of God defeated and saying, God don't love me. God doesn't care about me. He's taking his eye off me and he's putting me through all this hardship because he's being me. No, 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 no. That thing that you're struggling with the most may be the very thing that he's trying to perfect you with. Because it was fitting. It was tailor-made to make the captain of our salvation perfect in suffering. In Jesus' name, God. May you speak to our heart. May we leave here with the fire of Christmas shut up in our bones, Lord. And that's that you who were greater than became less than that you might identify for a brief moment with where we are as humans. Lord, you didn't surrender your deity. Lord, you died on the cross for us, not as man, but as God in the flesh and the likeness of man. And I want to say thank you for all the suffering for all those licks and strikes and blows and the embarrassment and the scourging and the pain and the crucifixion. Lord, I want to say thank you, God, for not just that, but for what you had to go through to become like me in the likeness of man so that you could identify, so that you could pay for my sins and lead me down the pathway of sanctification. Thank you, Lord, that you who sanctified and the one who is being sanctified are one. In Jesus' name.